0: Mm. Mm. Uh, uh. Oh. Radio, radio. Here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mystery surrounds us.
1: Mystery all around. Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host Rebecca Mears with my co-host Luca Hallet. This week, Luca, you've been brewing on something. How about you uh, tell everybody that's listening what you're thinking about for today?
2: Well, I was uh, um, uh, after our theme last week of not enough itis, pernicious, not enough itis. <laughs> I was thinking about what what is enough, like what what makes us enough. Um, and not just enough, because that's a limiting kind of word. But um, what what and I was also thinking about somebody said, well, you know, everybody just likes to be special. And I thought, yeah, everybody does like to be special. And aren't we all special in our own ways. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking about um, perfection and imperfection and how really, there's we strive for perfection, but I don't think that there is any such thing. I, I think that everything is perfectly imperfect Um, and it always reminds me of that the Japanese how the Japanese take something that's like pottery or something that's been broken and they they put it back together with gold and and so the cracks are all gold and and that's that perfect imperfection right that that you that you embrace in in art and and in life that we want to embrace the imperfections So that brings me to this whole idea of um, what makes us perfect. And am I really here as a human being on this planet to be perfect? Like, what's the point? If you're perfect, why would you be here? Right. Um, And that comes primarily out of my belief that we're here to experiment and learn things. So, and that, you know, that may not be what everyone subscribes to, but that's kind of how I look at it. So if I'm here, um, to learn things and experiment, then I need to be imperfect to do that. So um, what do I what am I working with? In other words, what's my what's my raw materials here mm. on this planet? And I think that you know, that comes back to the whole idea of essence, um, which is what we purport to explore on, the, on this show. So I thought this is and this is also a time of year of of beginnings to me spring is about beginnings you know that the, those seeds have been sitting in the dirt um, and germinating over the winter and they're well they weren't germinating during the winter now they are now they're beginning to come up so in in this part of the world anyway um, in the northern hemisphere we're starting to have spring and and so what does that mean what kind of beginnings are we talking about and and what is it that we want to to nurture and grow and have flourish in our growing season of life. And maybe this time of the pandemic makes us more introspective. We've had more time to kind of be in our own com- um, in our own company. And maybe we're annoying the people we live with and um, who are in our bubble, like maybe we've all had enough of one another, and it really shows our imperfections. Mm. But I've also seen lots of people out there in the world who are who are doing things that I consider to be perfections that they're they're giving of themselves in ways that maybe they have before but we didn't appreciate as much or maybe the adversity that we're going through right now is is making them dig deep to to bring those things out maybe they feel like those are needed more now um and maybe they have more time to be able to give those things and that makes me wonder, what do we, where, from, from where do we give? Like, what, what is it inside ourselves that we are giving of? Because it's clear to me that there are some things that I'm not good at giving. Mm. Hmm. I'm not the kind of person who takes a food hamper to somebody. Although, I think that's a, a laudable thing to do. And when I've been on the receiving end of it, I've been absolutely delighted. But that, that's not what I do. So it's clear to me that I give from my gifts. Um, it's like what's given to me, I then pass along. Right. So it, I'm curious about what all of us have as gifts that from from which we are most content to give. Um, that that makes us feel competent and and valuable and special. And do you remember? Makes others feel- When we were first,
1: um, when we first met each other, we were training as coaches. And one of the things that they took us through was an online test by a certain university that seemed to have a whole bunch of of unusual psychometric kind of tests. And Mm -hmm. one of them was around... Finding your strengths. Car- I think it was like yeah. characteristic strengths or something like that. They called it.
2: Yeah. It's called a strengths finder and, and that company's now been sold to someone else. And so it's listed under a different name, but I went looking for it the other day and found mm-hmm. it again.
1: Yeah. I've, I have found, I've still been using it down through the years, but one of the things yeah. that struck me so much when we did that ourselves, and then it's shown up as a repeated pattern whenever I've used it with clients or in groups of people, is what we think we're going to get as the results of that test because we're given a list of the kinds of categories of characteristics strengths and and values it was also going to test like your guiding that part
2: yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and so you could read through it before you went through it and actually we were encouraged to mark off what we thought the test was going to tell us were our strengths
2: and our Mm, values
1: yeah. yeah and So we all did that. And then we got our test results back and then we discussed it as a group. And what kept coming out of our mouths was, oh, this is not what I thought it would be. And yet we could, even in the short time that we had witnessed each other and gotten to know each other, we were able to validate for each other that indeed the test was accurately reporting what our individual strengths and values were and the discrepancy was coming from the fact that what we are inherently good at we do so easily that we don't even notice we're putting energy into it there's not a need for conscious thought or conscious process around something whereas most of us probably the things that we mark down as our strengths are the things we have invested a lot of time and attention and energy to cultivate to nurture and to grow and we we may very well be good at those things however at uh, least competent yes exactly however um the the it's such a fascinating concept to realize that what we may be best at, we can do with ease. And and this, I think, hooks in with what you're saying. What, what are we That's giving great. in abundance? Yeah. And what comes with ease to us? And therefore, we're able to pass that forward. And then it also brings up the concept of maybe it also costs us less to share from that yeah font yeah
2: then yeah. it would if we it doesn't were trying- deplete me to do that because it's it's feeding me in some essential way because yeah. it's what I love to do
1: yeah and be yeah yeah I don't yeah. remember now what my what those strengths and values were I'd have to go back and look at the test but um I
2: there think- were five that Was came it? out on the, they that's what they share with you is the top five
1: right oh okay right but that's out of I think maybe 15 or 20 that there were options or for. I think. more yeah 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 lots yeah. Of yeah yeah but I, I think ever since then I've definitely had my radar tuned to noticing mm-hmm. what comes easily for me what are other people telling me I'm good at that I sort of feel like wow well, I'm not really doing anything with that why are you giving me praise? I don't feel like I've earned that praise. Ooh, this is an interesting twist here in our, in our mm-hmm. whole pursuit of perfection is that perfection <laughs> requires extreme effort. So it's somehow we are creating, we are attaining a standard of something.
2: Yeah. And that we expect ourselves to be perfect in everything. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be. It's it's not even possible. Mm-hmm. So so how do we celebrate being really good in some areas if we're criticizing ourselves for not being as good in the other areas? Yeah, we, we're missing out on that opportunity to to share from our best. Hmm. And there's something that happens to me when I'm in the presence of someone who is sharing from their best, when they're lit up and on task and in inspiration and being effortless and dancing their dance. There's something I think that that we feel that when we're in the presence of somebody who's who's dancing, right? Cause I was watching it. I've been watching dance performances online because normally I'd like to go to the, I like to go to them live, but I can't right now. So they're making them available online for less money than it would cost to go and see them live. It's, but there's something that happens. It's like we get, we get goosebumps on ourselves when we're in the presence of that kind of inspiration. Because I think when we're coming from that place, we are, inspiring especially to the people who need that might not be so inspiring to somebody else who doesn't need it and there are some that are universally inspiring right that, that like Maya Angelou makes goosebumps on just about everybody but she's <laughs> sort of acknowledged as being one of those bests who who transcend race and nationality and language and all of that mm-hmm. you know So there are some that we recognize that way in the world. And then there are other people who are inspiring in pockets to certain groups of people.
1: Absolutely. And then we've got uh, just uh, the individual people that we look to as mentors, as role models. So where did we start with the whole um, perfection is what we really want? thing like where did that come from because I'm starting to think I mean if we look at the world around us the natural world
2: I think we have a belief that and this goes back to that very base instinct of all creatures on the planet which is to stay alive that if you could just be perfect enough at whatever that you could that you could be you could keep yourself alive. Mm-hmm. You could keep your community safe. Um, and from that, we've now our our idea of safety is not defending ourselves from a tiger. <laughs> now we have nebulous things that are harder to to define, like am I is my job safe and and am I beautiful enough and am I Um, Do I have enough money for retirement, which is not in the present moment. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's much more difficult to define, but we still have that need for safety. And if, if we, if we link those concepts, if that, if my sense of being okay and being safe is connected to being perfect, then I'm constantly chasing something that's unattainable. Yeah, yeah makes me feel like I'm doing something constructive towards staying safe.
1: I think there's also some roots in terms of how we have structured our society, what gets rewarded, uh, or yeah. what's, what is considered valuable. And so we start to label things as valuable, unvaluable, and it's become twisted along with this concept. And I think you're right about how it's, it's really a point of privilege because we ha- are no longer just operating on, you. I want to call it survival basis, but then having read some books that delve into prehistory, we weren't just surviving. It was not hand to mouth. We were thriving and civilization as we know it now brought us a seriously altered quality of life in terms of Ability to just relax and enjoy ourselves and be in connection with yeah. the people around us. So the idea that civilization s- societies, as we've got them set up right now, the systems that we've got set up right now, um, that they are placing va- Oh, we, well, we've talked about this before when it comes to productivity. Right. And the idea that this yeah. is like a, an ever increasing bar where you're valued if you're producing XYZ and we're ignoring Uh, a bunch of other metrics that are equally or perhaps even more important in terms of viability for people. I, I have conversations with clients that are around, do I even deserve to be here? And this, this strikes at a, at a, core problem that can exist where a person can be alive present thriving in the sense that their body and their brains are doing what they're supposed to do you're a functioning living breathing human being interacting with the world around you and continuing to grow and develop and yet that's not enough <laughs> that does we believe in yeah right? Yes, yes. Perception is what I'm aiming at here. Um, Yeah. That we somehow must earn our value, earn our right to be walking this earth, to be breathing the air, to be taking up space in society. So how do we move out of this? How do we reject this narrative? that we are likely spoon-fed from the time we're children in our children's books, et cetera, et cetera, the perfect princesses, the um, superheroes, et cetera, they're all modeling extreme examples.
2: I used to do, when I was in the world of running workshops, um, learning new things at which we are not immediately competent makes people feel, it uses more energy because they're trying to do things in a, in a way that is not familiar to them. It doesn't reinforce their sense of themselves because they're not perfect at it uh, because they're trying something new. And, and so there's a tendency to feel like you're not getting anywhere. And so I used to do this exercise with people, but just before I sent them home where I would give everybody a piece of paper in the group and they had to they had to have interacted with one another for a little while because they needed to know a little bit about one another. It was especially a, a, a useful tool when people were all members of the same team, so they were working together. Um, and and then I would say to them, um, write write your name at the top of the piece of paper and pass it to your left. And then I'd say to them, okay, now write some write down something that you have concretely observed about the person whose name is at the top of the piece of paper and write it down and then fold um uh, roll it down I, I, yeah roll it down but I can't remember how they remembered who's, whose name it was anymore right. because once you roll it down you're covering up the name but but roll it down so that the next person can't see what you wrote because there's a tendency to just you can't think of something original because you've read what somebody else wrote. And then they would pass it to the next person. And they would do that all the way around the room. And they, they were encouraged to do it quickly. And then the, when you finished, you, the piece of paper that you were left with was the one that has your name at the top. And so then people had to stand up at the front of the room and read out the positive things that had been said about them that were concretely observable. And then I would write them down and give them the piece of flip chart paper. And, and I told them, you have to go home and put this somewhere or in your office or wherever you want to put it, where you see it every day, like on your fridge or the, on the inside of your front door or whatever, mm-hmm. to remind yourself of all those things about you that other people value. They see, they experience, and they value. It's so important. There would not be a dry eye in the room. No. Didn't matter if it was men or women or what age people were. Um, And it was concrete. Mm -hmm. And it was such an incredibly valuable team building exercise because everybody then felt like they were appreciated by everybody else in the room. And you know whether what's on there is true or not, because Mm -hmm. as they were reading them out, people would all be sitting nodding away, right, Mm -hmm. about... Well, yeah, that's true. And I thought about writing that down, but, but I wrote this instead. And, but it's, it, that's one of those ways to, because we always focus on what do I have to improve? How am I not good enough? Mm -hmm. Why, what might I be criticized for? Or, puffing up something where we feel we might be judged and we're trying to ward it off and defend ourselves mm-hmm. uh, but this this comes this is a this is not about anybody judging anybody else this is about appreciation
1: yeah I think That's it's so powerful of, for a song
2: yes <laughs> for something. And you've got exactly
1: hoodies today I do all right we're gonna first song today we're gonna listen to Not Perfect by Tim Minchin which I can't say that I've heard this song before today but oh my gosh I this is so perfect and especially in the vein of appreciation so let's just take a listen to Not Perfect by Tim Minchin we'll be back in just a few minutes
0: This is a song about that that feeling I think we all get sometimes um, where you feel like you're the smallest doll in a babushka doll (laughs) This is my earth And I live in it It's one-third dirt and two-thirds water and it rotates and revolves through space at a rather an impressive pace and never even messes up my hair. <laughs> and here's a really weird thing the force created by its spin is the force that stops the chaos flooding in. This is my. of my time. It's not perfect, but it's mine. It's not perfect. This is my country. who runs my country has built a demagoguery and taught us to be fearful and boring (laughs) and the weirdest thing is that he is conservative of politics but really rather radical of eyebrows (laughs) this is my country and it where I spend the vast majority of my time, it's not perfect but it's mine it's not perfect this is my house and I'm living in it's me guy who bought it from a guy who bought it from a guy whose granddad left it to him and the weirdest thing is that this house has locks to keep the baddies out but they're mostly used to lock ourselves in this is my house and it's fine majority of my time it's not perfect but it's mine it's not in It's 31 and six months old It's changed a lot since it was new It's done stuff it wasn't built to do I often try to fill it up with wine And the weirdest thing about it is I spend so much time hating it But it never says a bad word about me This is my body And it's fine It's where I spend the vast majority of my time It's not perfect But it's mine It's not (laughs) Brain. <laughs> and I live in it It's made of love And bad song lyrics <laughs> It's tucked away behind my eyes Where all my screwed up thoughts can hide Cause God forbid I hurt somebody And the weirdest thing about a mind every answer that you find Is the basis of a brand new cliche This is my brain And it's fine It's where I spend the vast majority of my time It's not perfect But it's mine It's not perfect, but it's mine, it's not perfect, I'm not quite sure I've worked out how to work it.
1: Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. That was Not Perfect by Tim Mungin. And before we go any farther with our um, our show today, I would like to take a minute to ground in on the fact that uh, Luca and I are living, we are broadcasting, we are sleeping and working from the unceded ancestral territories of the Musqueam, the Squamish, the Coquitlam, and the Tsleil-Waututh Nations. Um, we seek to remember this every week so that we connect in to remember where we are and who we are and what are we doing here uh, so that we can be continually learning more about what reconciliation and embodiment of reconciliation can be both in our work and in our, our lives, et cetera.
2: And, and, and what we can, how we can appreciate that. Yeah. Because right. we're the, talking about appreciation. So if yeah. anybody's just joining us, We're talking about being perfectly imperfect, perfect imperfection.
1: And I'm thinking, too, like that actually really connects in with reconciliation, because the the acknowledgement that things are very broken right now and the desire to make steps toward better means that we have to be an acknowledgement that things are very not perfect and that. Finding a perfect right action may not exist, but that does not mean that there cannot be forward action, that there cannot be better than actions, um, and heart orientation, and relationship, etc. I don't know about you. Yeah, I guess I could say this is probably true for you. It's probably true for most humans. But being around someone or something that's very close to perfect, I find quite oppressive. (laughs) It's stressful for me because I find it just creates, and then un- whether I want to or not, it's this internal contrast and comparison, and it's like, ah, oh, we are not in the same league. I don't really want to be here. It's somehow perfection. Well, especially if feeling not enough, right? Yeah. Well, perfection somehow serves more. It-, it serves more as a foil to show imperfection then to really demonstrate a standard that's attainable
2: does that make sense it does and then those people that we think are perfect we think of as perfect yeah what what happens is if you talk to them if you hear them um speak about their lives they don't think they're perfect
1: nope okay
2: so this idea of perfect even when we think we're seeing it from the outside doesn't feel so perfect to that person from the inside. So what is perfection then, really? Yeah, is it something that we project onto other people in order to compare ourselves, right? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: It's, maybe if it's, I mean, we we would hope in the most positive sense it would be inspirational. That that I would that I would be able to look at someone whom I consider to be perfect and think, oh, I could learn that from them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was somebody online who was doing things that I found inspiring. And I copied some of them, not not the content, but the but the methodology. And I was feeling quite inspired by it. Um, and 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 then just recently, she's just changed how she does everything. And she's let go of all the things that I was finding inspiring. Um, she's. Not because she doesn't believe in them anymore, but but because she said that's not what she wants to leave behind as a legacy. Just so interesting, right? So it wasn't perfect for her anymore. Right. Um, even yeah. though she's striving for that for a long time, now she's found something else that's inspiring to her. So that speaks to me of how fleeting imperfection, uh, how fleeting perfe- perfection can be mm-hmm. even when we think we found it
1: hmm so you're making me think about all the times that i've connected with a thing maybe rather than a person but something that for me is perfect and i love this thing and i love what it does for me and then it's changed or i can't find it anymore and it or it's not available or it's i don't know whatever it's i can't find it anymore and now there's this hole where i now i become dissatisfied with nothing matches to this thing that I had. It could be the most delicious coffee somewhere. It could be a deodorant that I especially love. I mean, it could be a favorite (laughs) pair of shoes. I get annoyed about it. I know, right? These things can be really distressing, but they're also, then they're reminding us that (laughs) everything changes. And if there's one thing that we need to embrace and really allow our energy to go towards developing, I think for ourselves, that is adaptability because of <laughs> guaranteed to be facing change.
2: And I told something the other day about that, about how there needs to be friction
0: uh-huh.
2: in order for us to learn and grow. We have to have some friction to force us to look at in a different way or adapt or create something new or we got to we have to be dissatisfied with something in order to create something else right right
1: there's there has to it's like yeah it, it is pressure it's a squeezy point I'm seeing like where you don't get the spark if you don't if you don't light the match, you have to create the friction for the match to come. But they always yeah. say, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. It's a casual saying, but it's based
2: on truth. But it's true. Yeah. 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 And we don't want to stay stuck in that friction forever. But I think that when we don't value it and build on it, as opposed to getting locked into it, we do ourselves a disservice. So, what is it that we want to be doing that will that will move us forward? Um, stepping on, using the friction as a stepping stone to the next thing. It's the place of saying, mm, "Not that anymore." Mm. And I found myself feeling annoyed when the person who'd been inspiring me changed to doing something else, which is not as, doesn't, doesn't feel as useful to me as some of the other things that she was doing. And then I thought, no, but this is the, I got something from it while she was doing it. And now she's moving on and, and experimenting. And maybe this will evolve into something that is, if not useful for me, definitely, and useful for other, for other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Now
2: I look, and I'll now look for my inspiration somewhere else. hmm so and who knows what I'll find. Where, where
1: do you have trouble um, with requiring too much of yourself?
2: Um, when I've hit a friction point and and I think that the reason I'm not moving on is because I'm doing something wrong. Oh. And... And I don't appreciate that sometimes there's a timing element to it. Mm. So if I go into judging myself and not having any compassion for the place I'm in, which is in a way, not appreciating the friction point. um, That's where I get into, as soon as I start judging myself, then I start looking around for how do I shift this judgment that's so uncomfortable off of me and onto someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's not... That's not helpful either. right? Um, So now I'm beginning to look at that discomfort as um, an indicator. Mm -hmm. It's like when you have that yellow light come on on your dashboard on your car and it says, oh, something needs your attention here. Mm -hmm. And when it's red and flashing, it really needs your attention, (laughs) (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. The yellow light is, mm, yeah, maybe there's something there. You know, better get it checked out. The other one is you better pull over because something's about to blow up in your underneath your hood.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah Yeah.
2: And for you, like if if we turn that question
1: around to oh. you, um, what comes to my mind first is, well, there was there was a line in uh, Tim Minchin's song there. Let me just pull it up really quickly so I can refer to it again. Where he's referring to my body and I like mm-hmm. 29 and lyric- tw- 29 and 12 months old <laughs> 30 right yeah it's changed yeah. a lot since it was new it's done stuff it wasn't built to do I often try to fill it up with
0: wine
1: and the weirdest thing about <laughs> it is I spend so much time hating it but it never says a bad word about me and yeah. My body's been giving me trouble for the la- almost half a year now um, with my hip. that gives me trouble with doing activities that I normally would be doing with alacrity. And it's upset me in many ways because I'm angry that my body's not, not moving me through the world the way that I think that it should. And that it's definitely showing me some imperfections these days. And I'm not willing to accept that. I want to change that. Um, that combined with, uh, I can remember a day this last week, I had, I had one of those days where just, there was no energy, like nothing. I had nothing to give no motivation. It had all taken off and packed its bags and gone into the past. Like I had nothing to give. I was not brilliant. I was tired and just Nope. Just wanted to sit there and (laughs) couldn't, couldn't motivate myself to do anything. And it's hard in days like that. I have a lot of self-talk that will come up and it extrapolates from that moment and tries to tell me that this is the way it is always now. And then I start catastrophizing around that. And what does that mean about me? What does that mean about my place in the world? What does it mean about what I can achieve or not achieve? But then the next day, or possibly a couple of days later or whatever, I will be back to a normal energy level. And I look back on it and I think, now why did I cut myself down so much on this day? Why can I not give myself grace and space to be
2: on those days? To have a pause. Yeah. To enjoy the pause, which is, I mean, you lived months and months and months with no breathing room whatsoever. (laughs) <laughs> and now you get two or three days where you can breathe and you can't appreciate it because you think you should be running at work yeah. speed, right? It's, yeah. We are so contradictory as human beings. It's so fascinating to look at ourselves and not to criticize, but to have some compassion for how we got into that place mm. mm-hmm. and what we can do to get out of it. And so It reminds me of that story about the hole in the street and we keep falling down the hole yeah. until eventually not go down that street anymore where there's a great big hole that we fall into. And it's hard to get out of. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't even, I don't want to have a mindset where I'm trying to get myself out of it. Like what if I can trust that this has function and purpose as well? Yeah. Yeah. This is the, this is the part where I would like to embrace what looks imperfect because really I'm coming out to a place where what we are labeling as imperfect may still have perfect function yes yes yeah so uh time for another song definitely okay we've got okay we've got one by pink because pink is awesome (laughs) this one's raise your glass by pink um if you ever need someone to feel rebellious and validating of self aiming for pink is your woman yeah Yeah. yeah. all right let's take a listen to raise your glass by pink we'll be back in a few more minutes Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. That was pink and raise your glass, a celebration and a toast to us in the form that we are in now. As imperfect as it may be, we are still here. We are still lovable, valuable, contributable human beings whose existence is worthy just because we are here. You're here, you're yes. living, are breathing, therefore, welcome right like <laughs> this world yes. is made
2: for you value yes,
1: yes. Yeah. your
2: presence is valuable yeah. doesn't matter what you're doing um and if you choose to do something that's valuable too even in its imperfection mm-hmm. right i'm i'm noticing in in my neighborhood there's a there's a group on facebook now that's called i think it's called by nothing oh yeah and uh um, and so, and it's organized by neighborhoods. So the purpose behind it is to keep this all close to home and to get people to know one another in their own communities. And so there are people who are, um, they've made too much jam and they're giving <laughs> it away. They're just giving it away and they're putting it on their front porch. And, and, and if there's more than one person who wants it, then they divide it up. Or, you know, if there's only one thing, then, then they'll, they'll, um, they'll do a draw for it. And they say, you know, whoever wants their name in on the draw, just put it in here. But it makes me realize that what one person doesn't value, another person really values, even if it's broken, it's, Mm -hmm. it's valuable in some way. Someone's going to use it. and even broken crockery. Somebody's going to take it and use it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, And also that, that, that place of, Giving Like even if you're a first-time jam maker <laughs> and you've got too much jam or it's too runny um, because it didn't set properly, somebody else wants it to put on pancakes, <laughs> use it as syrup, right? <laughs> and it reminds me of that story of the two sisters and they had, they needed um, or oranges to, for a recipe. And each of them had a recipe that required two oranges, but they only had two oranges between the two of them. And they fought over these oranges only to find out afterwards that one of them only needed the zest of the orange and the other one needed the fruit of the orange. And if they had just got together and talked about it, they had more than enough between the two of them. And what they made with it, they could have shared with one another. I love but that. this. This idea of this community sharing is bringing that out. It's, um, and people are putting in search of, ISO, in search of, and and asking does anybody have this does anybody know somebody who has this right Mm -hmm. that's so that's again this idea of perfection in the imperfection I'm trying to clear it out of my house because it's clutter for me and somebody else is looking for it Mm -hmm. and is delighted to have it Mm -hmm. and the the feeling of being valuable when you can give it to somebody you don't you're not even charging anything but it. it's a gift that somebody's coming and saying thank you and there are people who are wrapping things up and putting little notes on them and they're they're p- tying bows around them and putting a little extra something in with it and and the goodwill that's created around this is astounding mm-hmm. because we're in the middle of a pandemic yeah so, like there are good things that are coming out of this Not that I wish a pandemic on anybody, but when we're in in times of adversity like this, we, we, those constraints become ways that, that um, force us to dig a little deeper and come up with something else that we didn't even know we had in us or we didn't know anybody would value. Yeah. Yeah. Very So Yay for that. So I say to all of you listening today, what do you have to give? And from where do you give it? And what is your superpower? Like, what is it? What is that thing that you do so unconsciously, because it's so much a part of you, that you don't even think of it as being of value to anybody else, that you're being mm-hmm.
1: And you may not be able to come up with the answer. But by asking people who know you well, yeah. they're probably going to yep. be able to give it to you very easily. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Ask somebody who's jealous of you. Mm-hmm. Because they know. <laughs> they know <laughs> what they're jealous of, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: turn,
2: turn the whole thing inside out, right? How is that valuable? Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. it's it's so
1: interesting to turn this on its head again, since we're talking about like value and how do we create value? And so many times we think the things that are most valuable are the things that we've put the most blood, sweat and tears into. But what if that's not true? I mean, yes, that doesn't mean that those things don't have value. I don't want to disappear. No the energy no. And efforts put into that's not out. the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have to hurt. It's a bit like the, the adage, no pain, no gain around exercise, which I've rebelled against that notion for a long time. And I've gotten myself to the point of being able to run a 5k by refusing to engage in that doctrine of just trusting my body that if I go out and do what it enjoys to do that day and stop when it starts to telling, tell me that it hurts then the next day I'm still going to be able to do more because that's the nature of what it does engaging and listening to it. We reach farther every time we go a little farther, but it doesn't require yeah. pain to create advancement. No, yeah, we're clearly we're gluttons for punishment sometimes. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well and this is you know what what you focus on you get more of and and so if you're focusing on lack then you experience more lack and if you're focusing on abundance on on um what makes somebody a superstar if if you go around looking for what makes people superstars you're going to find it cuz that's what you're sorting for yeah right yeah very true so that's a that's a nice i think that's a That's a great spring place to arrive at today Mm -hmm. is that that idea of what is it that I bring to the world that is maybe a beginning for someone else, a springboard for someone else. And how can I water somebody else's seeds Mm. that they've planted um, so that their garden does well and then they can share with me? And even
1: asking ourselves, what would I like to try, even if I'm not going to do it brilliantly for the sake of just growing something new and I don't have to share it with other people and I don't have to even tell anybody about it, but I'm going to allow myself to dabble. (laughs) That's what the world means.
2: I took a pottery class that way. Mm. I had a ball. Yeah. I had an absolute ball. And then the, the teacher tried to move us onto the wheel because we were working with hand building, tried to put us on the wheel. And some people just got on the wheel and it was like, whoo, you know, they, it was Christmas. They they just took off on it. And to me, I didn't want to go anywhere near the wheel. It went too fast for me. <laughs> um, but I but I was happy to quietly build things out of out of clay. And some of them worked. <laughs> it's a disastrous depot. we had a weekend of working on teapots and teapot was not my forte (laughs) but I did other things that immediately worked but it was just wonderful to be in the moment of creating
1: yeah
2: didn't matter how good it was but to have my hands in the clay and have a teacher there who could advise me and uh, build something it was it was great and I did that around um poetry. Last month when we had um, the Black History Month and and because we are a lot of us not programming on the day um, at the radio station, we we were educating ourselves about Black history. And one of the members of our programming team um, is a a Black woman from the US. We've had her on the show. Um, Her name is um, Charlotte and C, she calls herself, but she took us through an exercise of praise poetry, of Mm. writing praise verse, and it was, we had, we all had a really good time doing it, and we were learning about the history of that form of art that, that came from Africa, Mm. and has been in North America for a long time, and she, you know, came up from the States, she's living here in Vancouver now, and she shared it with us, and we will share it on. Uh, But it was it was um, praiseworthy. It was around looking for those things that we really appreciate. Um, uh, And it can be a a poem that you write about somebody who's died. Mm -hmm. Um, It can also be a poem that you write to a thing that is really valuable to you. But it can be to to a person, a friend, um, a stranger you meet. It's, um, it's what's What's worthy of attention? Mm-hmm. It was it was wonderful. Uh, and so we we have the opportunity to do, and I, you know, I'm not a great poet, but but did I enjoy that process of writing a poem? Absolutely. Yes. Yes.
1: What if we allow yeah. enjoyment of the doing back in rather than the results not measuring yeah. up to being a certain standard? Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, children don't have to build the perfect sandcastle. And even when they've built it, the tide's going to come in and knock it all down again, right? Mm. So you just, the next day you come out, do it again.
1: Yeah. Do you have a resolution for yourself in being imperfectly perfect for this spring?
2: Yeah, I think I need to think of myself on a bigger stage that I almost need to get up off the planet and look at myself from a drone's perspective and see what I see, Uh, maybe observe my own patterns and appreciate them as opposed to saying, well, you don't get far enough. And, and, you know, but, but look how far I do get and, and what happens, what am I, what am I, what kind of pixie dust am I distributing by being me wherever it is that I go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a level of appreciation. I think that's my, my spring um, focus is appreciating not just me, but all the people in my life also. Mm-hmm. And you?
1: Well, I'm, I'm starting to play with uh, new things that I haven't done before. Re- restoration of furniture. I've got a collection of pieces that I keep bringing home. Uh, they're like lonely orphans that just need some loving up and I don't really know what I'm doing, but I don't really no.
2: care. <laughs> no. And you're looking and there. I mean, there are pieces that would be thrown away anyway. You're going to make them better than they are right now, no matter what you do to them. Mm-hmm. And I see you looking over your shoulder. Oh, yeah. I'm looking this, at the furniture
1: speaking. that's oh. piled up <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I give myself so permission to experiment. I give myself permission yeah. to make mistakes. I give myself permission to possibly ruin something that was already headed to the dump so that i can learn from it and mm-hmm. and discover things about myself or about the furniture whatever yeah give myself permission mm-hmm. yeah.
2: <laughs> and until next time i wonder what's around the corner essential conversations is brought to you courtesy of luca Halleck's power sorcerer and rebecca mears certified coach Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallecks.com.
1: I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Oh, ah, 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 ah,